hello you guys <laughs> um welcome back to the mind dump podcast i am currently sitting on my couch sipping on azevia ready to get into today's episode i am so sorry that it's been almost a month since i posted the first or second episode i guess um i know i said i was gonna post every sunday but the last couple of weeks i'm not gonna lie have been such a shit show for me in my personal life the last thing I felt like doing was sitting on here and talking about anything. I, I just needed that time, I feel like. <sighs> but we're here now. I feel like I'm really thriving this week. I know it's only Tuesday when I'm recording this, but um, I meal prepped on Sunday, which I, I never do. I never meal prep, but I fully meal prepped all of my lunches and dinners up until Wednesday. And then I'm going to meal prep from Wednesday to Sunday tomorrow on Wednesday and then I'll repeat the process on Sunday and meal prep for like Monday to when whatever like you get the deal um yeah but other than that I am losing my voice kind of I've had like no voice since Halloween Halloween was like uh, just over a week ago now and uh, first of all I don't know if anybody had like a good Halloween this year personally I didn't <laughs> like Nathan and I went out to a party and we were out until like fucking like four in the morning didn't go to bed till like six in the morning i got like three hours of sleep that night and it was just like a shitty night like it wasn't it wasn't horrible it just wasn't great if we're being honest compared to halloween's in the past i did not have a good halloween this year i don't know if anybody else did if you did i'm happy for you but if you had a shit halloween this year don't worry because <laughs> you're not the only one but yeah so please <laughs> bear with me during the episode today i am going to try my best to talk at like a regular volume but my voice is disappearing slowly so yeah um i'm really excited for today's episode if i'm being honest i have been wanting to do this for so fucking long i've been wanting to just sit down and just like spew out there's just so much bullshit on the internet and i just want to spew out like the facts here I see so much stuff in a day on Instagram and TikTok and just like some of it is just so deceiving too like I I feel like by now a lot of us get like okay like I should eat more calories like lifting weights won't make me bulky I am going to cover those two in this episode but there's so many sneaky little things that influencers say that I've seen and if I didn't know what I know like if I wasn't getting an education in fitness and health I would be I would believe it and I don't blame anybody for believing it because I used to believe that stuff. Like I used to follow influencers who I have most definitely unfollowed now, but they made me believe some shit and it ruined my mental health. <laughs> a lot of it caused issues with my eating habits. I, a lot of you know, I suffered with an eating disorder for a long time. A lot of the things I saw on social media fed into my eating disorder and it ruined just so much for me. It ruined my body image. It just, and it made me, I don't know, it just made me feel like I could never have a good relationship with fitness and health and food. But yeah, I just I just want to give you guys the real info today because a lot of the stuff too hindered my progress in like my training. So I just want to give you guys the real talk and help you not make the same mistakes that I did and then hopefully you'll make a lot more progress a lot faster than I did too so let's get started okay I'm gonna start off with a popular one just because I just want to get out of the way (laughs) so my first one is 1300 calories is enough calories to lose weight 
if you are listening to this right now and you're, let's say you're my age, let's say you're like 21 years old, you're like 5'5", five, five, I don't know, like 160 pounds, let's say. Okay, sure. If that's you or around that, you could be anything, whatever. If you are even shorter than that, way less than that, taller than that, whatever, it doesn't matter. If you're eating 1300 calories a day right now, you are most definitely under eating to the point that you're eating less than it would take for your body to survive in a coma. So by that, I mean your BMR, your basal metabolic rate, is the amount of calories it takes for your body to burn if you were just doing absolutely nothing all day. Like literally if you were in a coma, if you were sleeping, anything like that, like that's the amount of calories that your body would burn. So for me, I know that my BMR is about... 1400 calories like 1450 ish so if i was literally doing nothing in a day if i was laying down all day if i was in a fucking coma that's how many calories my body would burn i don't know (laughs) you guys listening to this podcast right now but i'm gonna guess that you do more in a day than just like sleep and uh are on your deathbed because (laughs) i guarantee you at least take like 10 steps to the kitchen to at least get like a drink of water or a snack like i i can guarantee that which means that you should be eating well above that number so for i'm gonna say all of you your bmr is probably above 1300 calories like i i can i can almost guarantee it so because of that if you're eating 1300 calories you're eating less than it takes for your body to survive in a coma just think about that for a second (laughs) now when it comes to weight loss can you lose weight eating 1300 calories a day because people love to come for me in the comments on my instagram post and be like well i eat 1400 calories a day and i'm losing weight okay cool miss karen but i and it's not their fault it's really not their fault because social media and the media has made it seem to believe that women are only supposed to eat like 14 1500 calories a day i used to think that too i used to think that only boys could eat above 2000 calories a day it's just the way it's just the way that we're raised for some reason i i really hope that cycle breaks when our generation becomes parents but it's nobody's fault it really isn't like i mean it, it's it's social media's fault it's the media it's society it's people telling women that they need to be small and that's what they should strive for is to be the smallest version of themselves that is the issue here and that's why so many women fall into the trap of eating such little calories in a day to the point where they're not even feeding their body enough to survive. So, I used to eat 1,300 calories a day. Like, I, I would say, like, about, like, two and a half, three years ago now, I that's the amount of calories I was eating in a day. And I was exercising. I was going for walks. I was going to work. I was going to school. I was doing all that stuff, and I was still only eating that amount in a day. Thinking about how much energy I was expending at that point is crazy like I was eating so far below what I needed to and not to mention like first of all eating that low of calories has a plethora of health concerns attached to it you can lose your period which I did for a little bit which is a very very serious thing I know it seems like I was sick lost my period don't have to worry about it now it's it causes a lot of other issues within your body if you lose your period second of all hair loss third of all acne those are all things that are associated with eating too little of calories in a day and when it comes to weight loss which i'm assuming if you're eating that low of calories that's what your goal is you will stop losing weight when you eat that amount of calories initially will you lose weight sure 
will you stop losing weight? Absolutely. Because your body is running off of less calories than it would take for it to just survive in a coma. Therefore, your body's going to prioritize keeping your vital organs alive first. So your heart, your lungs, and your brain. That's all it's concerned about. The last thought on your body's on your mind i guess i don't know the last thought for your body is oh like i want this bitch to lose weight like no your body's actually going to hold on to that weight because it's trying to keep those organs alive therefore body fat is going to protect those organs and it's going to keep you warm and like you know like when we're thinking about like our ancestors and we're thinking about that like they wanted to keep body fat on their body because that's what helped them survive everything (laughs) like they didn't they didn't have what we have today in order to survive so When it comes to a healthy and sustainable weight loss, I highly suggest looking into what your maintenance calories actually are. I have a post on my Instagram about it. I'll post this on the account for the podcast and I will post the post on the story about what I'm talking about on my main account. But I really encourage all of you to go there and find out your maintenance calories. You can also go to tdeecalculator.net or something. I don't know if you Google TDE calculator, it'll take you there. But that website will give you a very rough estimate of what your maintenance calories are. I would recommend using both of them, if I'm being honest. But it'll definitely spew out a number for all of you above 2,000 calories. I can almost guarantee it, or very close to 2,000 calories. Meaning, if weight loss is your goal, then you only have to subtract between 200 to 500 calories from that maintenance number. So let's say your maintenance is 2,200 calories, like 2,200 calories. You subtract 200 to 500 from that number. That's it. That's that's literally it. You can eat between that calorie range for a deficit and you will lose weight. I can guarantee it. If you're currently eating 1,300 calories, 1,400 calories, 1,200, whatever, if you're currently eating a very low amount of calories, I highly recommend reverse dieting. I have a post on it on my page, but basically you're going to bring your calories up slowly by like 50 to 100 calories each week until you get up to that maintenance number and then I want you to stay at that maintenance number for at least a few months like give yourself some time in that maintenance and let your body catch up let your body feel fueled again and be able to survive it'll just make weight loss so much easier if you stay at that maintenance for quite a while then when you want to go down to a deficit then you can do it so much smoother and so much easier and not to mention most importantly way healthier that's basically all I want to talk about for that (laughs) Long and the short of it is, if you're eating 1,300 calories right now, 1,200, 1,400, whatever, stop. (laughs) Bring yourself back up to your maintenance, please. Stay there for a while. Enjoy food. Enjoy feeling fueled again. Feel like you'll feel a lot better in your workouts too. You'll feel like you can actually like, I don't know, like sustain the workout. You must feel so like weak right now. I know I did when I was eating that little. I just felt so weak and I, it felt so like so. I don't know, debilitating when I was trying to lift weights for the first time because I was like, man, like I can't do shit. And now like when I brought myself up to like my maintenance, just kind of eating whatever, really fueling my body, I was able to lift so much more in the gym and it just, I don't know, it really made me feel more fulfilled in the gym. So that's it. Don't eat 1300 calories a day. (laughs) Moving on. Number two (laughs) is when I see a lot and I hear a lot from like, actual people in fitness like personal trainers and I used to think that this was true too but from being in the program that I'm in we literally talked about this in class and I think a lot of the people in my program were surprised including myself but the myth is that muscle weighs more than fat does I see this all the time I used to hear it all the time that muscle weighs more than fat 
that's why you shouldn't pay attention to the scale, blah, 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 whatever. First of all, no, I, I don't think you should pay attention to the scale. I don't think the scale is very reliable in the sense of progress, especially when it comes to weight loss. Your weight fluctuates every single day due to water, due to maybe not going to the bathroom, maybe having a lot of sodium in your body, whatever. Like Your weight is going to fluctuate daily. It could fluctuate by like five pounds daily. It doesn't mean you've gained five pounds of fat. It just means you're retaining more water. I don't know. Your, your body fluctuates naturally between a range daily. Now, the myth being that muscle weighs more than fat is because muscle and fat weigh the exact same, but fat takes up more space than muscle does. So muscle is a lot smaller when you look at it visually, like a pound of muscle and a pound of fat weigh, still, they still both weigh a pound. But if you look at that pound of fat compared to the pound of muscle, the fat takes up a lot more space. Therefore, when you're losing weight, you shouldn't pay attention to the scale because you're replacing muscle with, or you're placing fat with muscle. So when you begin weight training, when you get into a calorie deficit, you're replacing the fat in your body with muscle. Therefore, let's say you're 140 pounds, you could still weigh 140 pounds, but you could drop like three jean sizes. Like you could, you could drop sizes, which is why I think looking at clothing and the way clothes fit you and like measurements are so much better of an indicator for fat loss than a scale would be because you might still weigh the same maybe even a little bit more if you're retaining water from muscle mass and stuff. But if your clothing fits a little bit baggier than it used to, like if you're, if you feel yourself, like, you know, like your measurements are a little bit smaller around your waist or like your butt measurements might be a little bit bigger. So you're growing your glutes, whatever. If those measurements are different, then you're, you're losing fat and you're building muscle. That's what I'm saying. All in all, (laughs) don't look at the scale. I say that all the time. The scale is not an indicator for fat loss necessarily. I would look more at how are clothes fitting you, what are your measurements looking like, that type of stuff. And if you have access to like a body fat percentage thing, like if your scale has that, I would look at that more than your actual scale weight because then you could see your body fat percentages go down, you know, like if that's your goal, whatever. But yeah, muscle and fat weigh the same, but fat takes up more space in your body than muscle does. All right, number three, this one's also very popular. I feel like a lot of people know that this isn't true by now, but I feel like deep down a lot of, especially females, still struggle with this concept. Just because I know I did for a really long time, and the myth is that lifting heavy weights will make you quote-unquote bulky. I don't know where this came from. I think it's because like when you look at like body, but like the extremes of fitness would be like bodybuilders. Like they are, and I think because of social media, it's so normalized to see them now. Like before, I feel like you wouldn't have come across like that person. Like when your average person walks by, like not everyone's just like ready to get on stage as a bodybuilder, but you look at like bodybuilder competition-esque like men or even females, but like men, I would say, depending on the category of the physique competition, a lot of them have a shit ton of fucking muscle mass on them. So maybe to the average eye, you're like, oh, that person's massive, like muscle-wise. And for some reason, people think that they're going to get that big or quote, whatever kind of thing. Let me tell you, A, I'm not saying a lot of them are on steroids, but some of them might be taking something, (laughs) which is giving them a little bit more than what they bargained for. Number two, that is their entire sport. That is what they do. Like you wouldn't look at like, you wouldn't start running and be like, oh shit, I'm so scared. I'm going to go to the Olympics now. Like that's not how it works. So you're not going to start lifting weights and be like, oh shit, I'm afraid I'm going to look like a bodybuilder now. Like that's not how it works. These people have been training for like sometimes decades. Like 
it's it takes a lot of work to build muscle. It it truly does, especially as a female when it comes to testosterone levels, stuff like that. Like if I could gain muscle that fast, God, I wish I could. <laughs> like I I want to build muscle. Like that I want to be bigger personally. Like I want not bigger, but you know what I mean? Like I want to build muscle. If it was that easy, like I wish. I literally wish. And I think as females, like we hold on to this like toned word, which is like not existent like you can't tone a muscle you build muscle and drop body fat that's how you look quote-unquote toned there's no such thing as like toning workouts i hate the youtube workouts that are like toned legs like it's always like bullshit like that and i'm like literally shut up (laughs) like it it honestly makes me so mad because it's so misleading and it just paints such a horrible picture in people's minds that like you should be working out a to look a certain way because like i mean it's okay to have aesthetic goals i personally have aesthetic goals i said at the beginning of the episode but to make working out all about like your toned long lean legs like meh, like no no like I, I just feel like that's not it like I I don't know I it bothers me because it, it places such an emphasis on like thinness and like trying to be small and you know and I get it like people have goals and they I can't change people's minds and what they want but I'm just telling you that there's no such thing as toning muscle there's building muscle mass which comes from lifting weights in a hypertrophy range which would be 8 to 12 reps for the most part in like three sets which is what most of my workouts are and going as hard as you can like lifting lifting heavy you know for your body that's lifting heavy is different for everybody and yeah and dropping body fat being in a calorie deficit you know like you don't have to do any crazy cardio to do that you could go for walks like that might help be in a deficit but all in all like a calorie deficit just comes down to your diet it doesn't come down to cardio it doesn't come down to training of course those things help but a calorie deficit is all in your diet so yeah i'm not gonna sit on this one for too long because i feel like a lot of people have talked about this on social media i see it all the time people debunking it debunking it (laughs) why did i say it like that debunking it so i feel like you guys have heard this enough lifting heavy weights won't make you bulky it'll give you that quote-unquote toned look that you're looking for you can't tone muscle you just build muscle and draw body fat okay moving on this one i feel like a lot of people still don't realize and that is if your goal is weight loss that you can eat back the calories you burned during a workout so let's say after your workout, your Apple Watch says that you burned 310 calories during a workout. You did like an hour workout at the gym. It says you burned 310 calories. I'll get into Apple Watches later and how they are not accurate for calories burned. But for right now, let's just talk about this. It says that and you're like, oh, okay, sick. Then you're like, I have an extra 310 calories to eat today in my deficit. So let's say you're eating like 1900 calories a day. You're like, oh, I can eat another th- 300 calories because that's how much I burned during my workout no (laughs) this is a really hard truth for a lot of you I used to think this way I used to think that the calories I burned during a workout means I could eat them back first of all apple watches are not or fitbits or whatever you're using are not at all accurate for actual calories burned during a workout second of all when you calculate your tde which is your maintenance calories you're already factoring in your activity level so your daily amount of calories maintenance wise already knows how much activity you're doing for a rough estimate and then when you're subtracting your number for your deficit that is still taking into account your exercise like you 
shouldn't be eating back the calories you burn during a workout because it's already you're putting yourself back at maintenance if you're doing that if you're trying to be in a deficit you're putting yourself back at maintenance so all i'm going to say about this one is don't look at your apple watch if you have an extreme attachment to your apple watch take it off for like a week work out without it i know it might be hard but i'm serious take it off see how you feel and don't don't pay attention to that number (laughs) don't eat back the calories that you quote unquote burned during a workout because you are now putting yourself back in a maintenance or even a surplus because it could be so yeah just stick to your deficit number of what you calculated off of your maintenance number and stick to that don't eat back those calories that's it okay the next one is that you need to switch up your workouts in order to like confuse your muscles to see progress this is like the farthest thing from the truth because when it comes to specifically weight training you want to progressive overload the same exercises for a while. What I mean by this is that you're going to want to take your three compounds, so your squat, your deadlift, whatever version you're doing. I do sumos. If you want to do conventional, RDL, whatever. You want to take your squat, deadlift, and bench press. And you want to keep all those three things in your program indefinitely, forever. You want to constantly be working at those compound exercises. Not all on the same day, necessarily. I would spread them out over a week kind of thing, like doing your bench on your push day or just full upper body day or like a squat on one of your leg days and then a deadlift on another one of your leg days, whatever, that type of thing. You want to be adding all three of these into your program once a week, twice a week, ideally kind of thing. And you want to continuously try to add weight to these exercises in order to progressive overload, which means basically just like adding weight, adding resistance over time, which in turn will help you grow muscle. Now, when it comes to your isolation movements, which is like your leg extension, your hamstring curl, any of those type of things that are targeting a specific muscle group, like your quads or your hamstrings or like a bicep curl, which would be your biceps, those things you can switch up, I would say, every like like four no i would say more like six to eight weeks you would want to like keep that pretty much the same for about six weeks after that go right ahead switch it up add in a variation of it you know instead of a bicep curl after six weeks start doing like a hammer curl or like some other shit i don't know you can switch it up after that for your isolations but you want to keep your compounds the same no matter what constantly overloading them because they are working your entire body and by a compound movement i mean movements that involve more than one muscle group So like a squat, you're involving like basically your whole body, a deadlift, same thing, and like a bench, same thing. You're really using all the muscles in your body to move that weight, therefore making it a compound movement. So yeah, you don't want to be switching up your workouts every single week. I know a lot of people are like, oh, but that's boring, whatever. If if it seems too boring to you, try and add in like an extra day of doing something fun. Like let's say you weight train four times a week make another like instead of weight training five like do all your weight training in four days and then add in like a cycling class at the end of the week or do like a fun i don't know like group exercise class do something different to switch up your routine every week but try to keep your workouts the same your compounds the same and definitely always keep those the same your isolations the same for six weeks and then you can swish it up do whatever but yeah you really want to stay consistent with your workouts in order to see real progress the next one is going to be you need to be eating perfectly in your deficit every single day in order to lose weight 
Personally, I like to think of a calorie deficit as more of a range than like a specific number. So let's say that 500 calories below your maintenance is like 1800 calories, let's say. So you're eating 1800 calories and, or let's say it's 1700 calories. You're eating 1700 calories a day and you think that in order to lose weight, you need to eat exactly 1700 calories a day in order to see any results. This is not true at all. So because a calorie deficit is a range, you can play with the numbers a little bit. Like let's say you know on like a Friday you're going to go out with your friends and you're going to eat a little bit more. You can now play with the range of your calories. Maybe you eat like 1700 during the week and then you are able to give yourself maybe like 1900 on the week. You know what I mean? Like you're still in a deficit. You're not going back up to your maintenance. You're still in a deficit and you will still see results even if you eat like 200 calories over that like minimum 500 calorie number that you're trying to eat at you know like you can give yourself a little bit of wiggle room here (laughs) like if you go 100 calories over one day like you're not gonna die you know and even if you ate 500 calories over your deficit you're still just eating at maintenance you're not gonna gain weight you're just gonna stay the same and I think a lot of people don't realize that and even if you especially if you only ate like at your maintenance for one day you're most definitely still gonna see weight loss results because the other six days of the week you've eaten at a deficit number now like if you're like going crazy on the weekend and like kind of just like blowing way over your maintenance going into surplus you're probably not going to see any results because you've been blowing over into a surplus on the weekend kind of counteracting what you've done all week so don't cut your calories too low to the point where you feel like going crazy on the weekend eating whatever you want give yourself a moderate calorie deficit keep it realistic keep it reasonable it can still just be like 300 calories below your maintenance eat at that if you eat at your maintenance one day that's okay that's actually encouraged in my opinion like i think that you should have a little diet break if you want you know like give yourself a little bit more fuel and then go back at it like there's absolutely nothing wrong with that you do not need to be eating perfectly exactly on your macros every single day to see results It's about consistency over perfection, 100%. As long as you're trying your best every single day to hit those numbers, then you're going to see results. I can guarantee it. The next one is ab workouts give you abs. I used to train abs all the time. I kind of enjoyed it, and that's why I did it. If you like training abs, go right ahead. I am not going to tell you no. If there's any type of workout that you like, I always encourage anybody to do whatever they like doing because I know they're going to stick to it and you know everybody likes different things and whatever you enjoy doing as exercise as long as you're moving then i'm proud of you but when it comes to trying to achieve abs first of all abs are very genetic like when you come to like your actual like when you're thinking about like six-pack abs there's a lot of genetics that play into that considering where somebody stores body fat naturally all that kind of stuff and the number one thing when it comes to abs besides genetics is your diet you need to be in a calorie deficit if you want to shed overall body fat you cannot spot reduce body fat if you want to lose quote-unquote stomach fat whatever you have to be in an overall calorie deficit losing body fat from all over your body it's not guaranteed you're going to lose body fat on your stomach even if you're in a calorie deficit it might be the last place you lose body fat for i know women especially it's a lot harder to lose body fat around your stomach because it is protecting those vital organs, which are your reproductive organs. So that's why I encourage people to not put too much emphasis on the goal of like having abs. I just feel like it's not, I feel like abs are overrated (laughs) and I don't mean that in like, uh, like if you have abs, like I'm 
good like I'm happy for you <laughs> if you enjoy having them uh it's it's not like I just I feel like it's a goal that's been around forever and yeah I I just wouldn't place too much emphasis on the goal of like having like shredded abs is there anything wrong with wanting to drop body fat absolutely not if you want to then go right ahead but yeah I I'm 100% a believer that abs are made in the kitchen. You need to be in a calorie deficit to see your abs. You know what I mean? If you're at a really low body fat percentage now, yeah, you can train abs to make them pop a little bit more. But essentially, if you're not in a calorie deficit, training abs is not going to give you abs at all. All right. Next one is hit workouts are the best for fat loss. Personally, I hate hit workouts. Maybe this is maybe I'm just biased. I don't like HIT. I don't. And I think that it's often overused in a way that it's not actually HIT. I see a lot of like YouTube workouts and they're doing like pilometric workouts. By the way, pilometric movements like burpees and stuff is the most advanced type of movement. Like people that are professionals do these movements for sport. It's it's not like a beginner friendly thing. So don't get mad at yourself if you're following these crazy HIT workouts and you can't keep up because like I can't keep up (laughs) and I'm not calling myself this extreme athlete because I'm not but I've been training for quite some time I did sport in high school like I consider myself a pretty active person for like most of my life and it still seems difficult for me and I just feel like it's really overused especially when it comes to fat loss and like weight loss because I know a lot of people do hit to try and achieve that and I know a lot of like YouTube videos and YouTubers target that population of people saying like oh burn belly fat and whatever which is total bullshit to begin with to put that out there for people to see because why are we trying to say that i just i hate the whole like target whatever because it's first of all untrue second of all gives people bad body image issues but besides that (laughs) um personally i prefer list training which is like low intensity steady state training which is like walking a slow jog if you're like running but personally like a good incline walk for like 30 minutes is going to give you more benefit than doing like hit like you don't in all honesty burn that many calories and hit <laughs> i know you probably look at your apple watch and you're like but sydney i burned this many calories like we said earlier your apple watch is not accurate at all in reality you're not burning as many calories during hit as you would if you just continuously did movement for like 30 minutes and it's a lot easier on your joints it's just there's just so many issues that could go wrong with hit training specifically like burpees and jumping movements it's really bad for your joints a lot of the time if you're not doing it with proper form you could really injure yourself so personally i don't encourage hit for especially beginners if you're more advanced i don't know i guess that's up to you at your comfort level but for beginners especially <laughs> just stick to i don't know if you like to sweat you know like maybe try something else go on a stationary bike go for a jog do something else go on the stairmaster i don't know do something like that you can still do it at a fairly high intensity but it doesn't have to be like traditional this like hit training that you see on social media kind of thing and i think these cool movements have been really trendy on social media but in reality i don't know i'm not a big proponent of it for beginners just because how injury provoking it can be and how like just not fun it is in my opinion (laughs) i just kind of hate hit but do whatever you like if i'm not going to tell you not to do hit if you are like sydney i i love doing hit so much like burpees are my shit like i love doing burpees first of all 
I kind of wish I was you because I feel like that's a new level of like self-discipline. <laughs> like I feel like you're on another planet. I feel like we're not in the same world if you love doing burpees. But if you do, I'm not going to tell you no. You can do whatever you want, but just be very careful when you're doing them because they're just it's just so easy to get injured when you're doing that type of movement. Anyways, that's all I have to say for that. All right, we're on the second last one now, but <laughs> this one I feel like is really popular with like my I don't know like I talked to like my boyfriend's mom about this and she thought this was true until I like broke it down for her kind of talked to her about it but the myth is eating past 8 p.m or eating at night will make you gain weight I just want to (laughs) like I just want to make this logical for you guys for a second if you do believe this like I used to believe this too I used to not eat past 8 p.m I used to be starving by like 10 p.m like I used to just like oh I just have nightmares of like going to bed hungry because I thought that I couldn't eat after a certain time like just so horrible but when you think about it let's say you have a snack and it's like 250 calories is that like at 7 59 p.m that snack is 250 calories guess what at 8 p.m that snack is still 250 calories there's no different like (laughs) it just makes me laugh like your body does not multiply the calories by 10 because it thinks that it's like nighttime like your body doesn't know it just knows calories it just knows that that's how many calories that is it doesn't matter what time of day it's at and when you think about it, and I, I think about this with other people, if this were true, then people who work overnight shifts would be, like, very overweight if that was the case. Like, don't you think that that's kind of weird when there's so many people with different schedules? Like, people eat after 8 p.m. all the time. It's not going to magically make you gain weight if you eat after dark. <laughs> like, trust me, you're allowed to have a snack at nighttime and still, if, you're, if your weight loss is your goal... You can have a late night snack and still lose weight. That is no problem. Just budget it into your calories. If you know, you know, like late at night right before bed, you like to have like a, a nice little snack. It can have be whatever you want. Just account for it. Put it into your calories for the day. And if you're just like eating just to eat, then you can have a late night snack. You can. I encourage it actually. I love cereal at nighttime. I love, I've been having chocolate oat milk lately. Chocolate oat milk with any kind of cereal i really like the like leap and lemurs from like nature's path like peanut butter chocolate it's so good with the chocolate cereal milk whatever that raisin bran i really like um we had like the monster mash cereal during like halloween and it had like the marshmallows in it that was really good i ate that a lot in october but yeah uh i encourage you to go get a late night snack tonight and eat it and notice in the morning how you literally didn't gain 10 pounds overnight (laughs) because calories are the same whether it's 11 o'clock in the morning or it's like 11 o'clock at night there's no difference all right the last one and in my opinion one of the most important ones is the myth that the smallest version of you is the healthiest version of you i went through a really long phase of looking at well this is recently for those of you who don't know i've gained like probably like 10 pounds in the last year which like i know a lot of people haven't noticed probably i feel like only i've noticed on myself if i'm being honest but I did. I gained weight because I, in reality, stopped restricting myself as heavily. Um, I really healed my relationship with food this year. And that's why I feel like I'm in a good place now to be counting macros again. But I was intuitive e- what? I was intuitively eating for most of this year. And I, for me, my personal experience, not everyone will experience this, but I did gain weight, which was fine. It, no big deal. Like, it's not an issue. But I look back at photos of myself when I was technically my smallest and there are moments when I'm like, I miss that. I feel like I was, in my brain tricking me, it tries to tell me that that was the healthiest version of myself, that I'm all of a sudden not healthy now, which is so not true. 
And if you feel that way, if you have gained weight or if you are striving to lose weight and you think, man, when I am the smallest version of myself, that'll be when I'm the healthiest. That's when I'm the happiest. I can tell you right fucking now that is not true at all. I was probably one of the saddest versions of myself when I was the smallest version of myself. Not to mention, I was incredibly unhealthy when I was the smallest version of myself. I was like trying to exercise twice a day and I was not eating enough protein. I was not eating enough food, period. I was just so restrictive mentally and I, it, it was really one of the darkest times in my life. And yeah. I just want to remind you guys that the smallest version of you is not the most beautiful version of you. It's not the healthiest version of you. It's not going to be the happiest either. You at your strongest, at your your version of healthiest, whatever that is, whether that's like, it, it, it's being the healthiest version of you is so different for everybody. It's literally so different for everybody. And once you recognize what that version is for you, truly in, truly in your mind, like not your disordered eating telling you what it is, when you realize what that is, you will feel it. I promise. I am the healthiest I've ever been right now, but I'm not the smallest, but I'm I'm the most satisfied with myself that I've ever been. And I know I said I'm going into a calorie deficit, but I'm not trying to change my body because I hate it. And this is the first time in my life where I'm not trying to lose weight because I hate myself. I'm not even trying to lose weight. I'm just trying to drop. I might not even lose any weight. It might just be like dropping body fat. You know what I mean? Once I understood what that means and stuff, I'm able to approach it in such a healthy way. It's the first time in my life where I'm coming from a place of love for myself as opposed to hate. I... I truly love my body and all it does for me right now. Like I, if nothing changed, I wouldn't be mad, but I just want to push myself right now. I want to challenge myself. I'm just in that mood. I, I'm in the mood. I'm in the mood to challenge myself right now. And that's okay. You can still love your body and everything it does for it and still wants to change it. Like that's, those two things are not, they can be together at one. You can still love yourself and want to change and want to change. Like there's nothing wrong with that in my opinion. And on that note, I just wanted to remind you all that the way you are right now is exactly where you should be right now. There's nothing wrong with you. You you don't need to change anything about yourself, not at all. But if you want to, then you can. And that could be that can mean so many different things for so many different people. For some of you it might be weight gain, muscle gain, weight loss, healing your relationship with food, whatever it is, I want you to tackle it. You know, I want you to tackle it from a place of love for yourself and not from a place of hate. And I know that's so hard. It's so much easier said than done. But I promise that it's possible. I am absolutely living proof of that. If there was anybody that hated herself more in the entire fucking world, I hated myself for so fucking long. Until like I realized like I'm never I'm never getting out of myself, you know? Like I at the end of the day, it's it's me. Like at the end of the day, I am the person that should love me the most because I'm with myself the most out of anybody in the entire world i know myself the best and i really encourage all of you to start talking to yourself like you would someone you love because you are someone you should love anyways um that's the end of today's episode thank you so much for listening if you're new here thank you for clicking on and if you're coming back i promise (laughs) that another episode will be coming like actually next week and not like a month from now um i just had a shit time the last few weeks but we're doing better now so yeah um i love you guys so much always and thank you for all the support always uh yeah i'll catch you guys next week and love you bye